of Terer, and this is a beer, an explanation on the previous Maimah we uh, just learned, Now, the Altrebe says that we have to first preface two points. Uh, and then we'll explain uh, we'll explain about uh, ne- the two neiris, the two lamps the, that we discussed earlier, the neir of uh, mitzvah, neir of the neshama, and about the two approaches: one with Hashem des- uh, descending down to us, the other with us elevating to Hashem that we were dis- discussing previously, based on that pasuk, Hamagvila Shavas, Hamashvilas, which we say in Halal. So the first thing we have to preface is about chachma. There are different types of wisdom. There's uh, chachma, the wisdom of Tehran. There's wisdom of uh, secular wisdom, a wisdom of the world. And when when we uh, learn Tehran, so that's like the the good oil. And the, but there's also other types of oil. There's there's oil that can be or or uh, that can be made from many different sources. And uh, the so what the Torah calls Shemana Tov, like it says in Tehillim, good oil, or what the Torah calls Shemana Mishcha, the special anointing oil. So that's the wisdom of holiness. But then you also have uh, other oils, and they're the oils, the wisdom of Klippa. So that's, that's uh, point one. Because chachma is connected, chachma is connected to oil. Wisdom is connected to oil, and therefore we give this metaphor of uh, two types of uh, oils for two types of wisdom. Then the second point is to explain what the pasuk means when it says the terer that we say that ner mitzvah that mitzvah is like a lamp and terer is like light. So the idea is that. When we talk about creation of worlds, so first of all, there's just Hashem. There's Hashem, and Hashem in essence is is uh, not affected, not changed by anything. Then we have the light of Hashem. The light of Hashem is also unlimited originally. But then there is a symptom, there's a contraction and a concealment of that light in order to allow for a, a separate space for worlds. And the purpose of hiding Hashem's light so that it should be in a limited way and worlds should be able to be created is in order for us afterwards to bring back a light from beyond into that space that was created through hiding the light and shine that the light of beyond in, in that uh, place of uh, concealment. Uh, because if there wouldn't be a concealment, it couldn't have been created. But once it has been created, we're now able to shine a, uh, de- uh, a deeper light of Hashem, a more intense godly light into that place. And uh, that is the meaning of the Pasuk, that Hashem says, I am first, and I am last, and besides me, there's no God. So I am first means that Hashem is the only existence before creation. 
There was before there was any concealment of Hashem. There was only Hashem. No other existence was possible. Then Aniachrin, I am last, is that after after regular creation has concluded, and at the end of times, after Mashiach and Tchis Hamesim, after the, the Mashiach and the resurrection of the dead, there'll be a time where Hashem's is the the real reality, and it's that it's noticeable, it's clear that Hashem is the real reality. Like we say, that Hashem's name will be uh, exalted on that day, it will be, it will be the, re- the only real thing. But in between, besides me, even in between, while there is a world and there is concealment, still even there, there's nothing but Hashem. And this is revealed through Torah. Torah brings down that light into the world. And that's why Torah is referred to as royalty, like we say that the Mishnah is the queen, because uh, Malchus, the sphere which is connected to royalty, is the is what allows for the uh, Hashem's light to be limited in order to create another. Now, we uh, mentioned also in the previous moment that Rav Yehuda. He was a great Amar, and he, his whole focus of his learning was in the Zikin, was in the business and taught law. So he would learn the whole time, and he was exempt from davening because he was so focused on his learning. So to explain that, so the, like we were saying, Kishashlus, the chain of evolution of worlds, is uh, is is only uh, possible in the whole the whole process is all about concealment and so that there can be uh, darkness not not that Hashem's full light is not manifest in terms of uh, Kabbalah in terms of levels uh, Keser is called uh, darkness and that is both when uh, looking up from our physical world looking up that Keser is beyond it's 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 beyond the ten sphere something that we have no uh, concept of uh, and therefore and at from that perspective Chachma is called light because we're able to that's uh, something that uh, we can relate to and we can understand and therefore that uh, and it's revelation so it's called light whereas uh Keser, which is beyond Chachma and and something that we we can't quite tap into is called Cheshach. By the way, in terms of uh, the how that how how Kesser and Chachma looks in within our psyche, so you know a lot of people have uh, difficulty when with the concepts like you know trusting someone's intuition or someone's sort of right brain. Uh, if someone just has a, a sense that there's something wrong here or they're, they're scared but they don't know why. So th- these are all sort of beyond Chachma. These are all Kesa type of experiences or they want something and they really want it but they can't explain logically why it's so important. So Chachma we can relate to. That, okay, it makes sense, but Keser is something a little beyond. And certainly with Hashem, the Keser represents a light which is beyond and therefore uh, it's darkness. It's hard to relate to. And that's why uh, the uh, idea of Hishalshalus uh, of, of limiting Hashem's light. Um, so it's, it's called Butsina de Kardanissa, which means a dark lamp or a dark light. And uh, the idea is that that uh, 
both from from our perspective and also from Hashem's perspective, it's called dark. In other words, that there's we don't have gilui, we don't have revelation of Hashem in this place, and uh, everything's limited. So, uh, so once we we uh, get to Kesser, so now it, the Hashem's light is not just unlimited and able to be free flowing, revealed everywhere, but there's limitations. This is the light of Chachma. This is the light of Bina. This is the light of Chesed, etc. Every sphere is limited, and that's the opposite of light. And therefore, that's another reason why it's called darkness. But on the other hand, it still is the light of Hashem. So it's the light of darkness. It's interesting that, uh, you know, that in, in science we have a, a, a sort of similar concept. It seems that whatever we have first in Hasidus and Kabbalah, how Hashem reveals himself, that uh, there are similar concepts in science as well, in a physical way. Uh, so this is this is all darkness, which is within Ishalshlus, within the chain of worlds. But uh, Hashem's light itself is where it's completely nullified before Hashem and just lets Hashem through without any limitation. Because the symptom, the, the uh, concealment and contraction is only from our perspective. But from Hashem's perspective, it's all light. But through Torah, this is revealed also in our world. And that's the idea of the pop. So can we quote it also in the previous Havaya that we call out Hashem from the depth. So when we learn Torah, we're calling out Hashem in the depth and, and uh, revealing that, that depth of uh, Hashem's light within the darkness. Although the Pasuk Megala Mokas Menechayshech reveal the depth within the darkness. And uh, and there to to reveal because how in the, at the depth there's only Hashem and only violation Nisi and I am Hashem who doesn't change. There's no concealment. It's then we have uh, the the light of Chachma when Hashem says Yehi Er that is uh, Er is Chachma. Whereas when we add a Vav to Er, then it becomes. Uh, sorry, add a sorry, add a yur to er, then it becomes avir air, which is something a little bit beyond, uh, and, that, and then that refers to keser, which is uh, even beyond chachma. Now, going back to Rav Yehuda, we mentioned that he would learn the whole day and he wouldn't daven. Uh, so Rav Yehuda the, was at a such a state of bitzel, such a state of nullification before Hashem through him saying shema, because although he wouldn't uh, daven shema and esri, but he would say shema and. Uh, therefore, he wanted to reveal this state of oneness that he became his reality through Shema, even in the physical world. And therefore, he, specific, he was specifically learning Nazikin, which is uh, about uh, damage and evil and very physical things. And he wanted to bring Hashem's light and oneness even to that place. Uh, like the, what will ultimately happen uh, with uh, Mashiach and Tchisamesim when the dead will come back to life and they'll be in this physical world. But although they'll be in this physical world, they'll be totally spiritual and godly beings uh, to the extent that they won't need to eat physical food because they'll get energy from, from the revelation of Hashem. Like it's said, and it's said, therefore it says about uh, tzaddikim that once when after Mashiach comes, uh, the tzaddikim will be called holy. We'll say holy, holy to tzaddikim uh, because the the holiness of Hashem will be clearly man- manifest uh, in this physical world. 
And therefore, people like Rav Yehuda, great tzaddikim like Rav Yehuda and like Rashbi, Rav Shemben Yochai, they, they were totally focused on Torah. That was their whole life. And not just that they were that they were learning Torah, but their Torah was fully uh, nullified. Hashem and others, it was it was all about uh, uh, Hashem's wisdom. It wasn't for any uh, you know intellectual sim- simulation, other purposes. Uh, so, so it wasn't really them saying words of Torah. Hashem was speaking through them in their Torah. And that's the, the idea of uh, Hashem learning Torah because you could have a servant reading the king's edict or the king announcing his, his edict. So when someone else learns Torah, so that's like a servant learning the king's rules. But then you have the, what, the ultimate level of Torah is when someone's totally nullified before Hashem and then when they're learning, it's like the king uh, announcing his own rules, reading his own rules. So what we learn from this is that through this uh, second preface about the Torah er, is that Torah is about bringing Hashem's unlimited light into this uh, place which requ- of uh, where there's a world and where there's some level of independence to reveal the light from beyond in that place of darkness. Now, within a lamp, you have, as we said in the previous moment, we'll explain again now with more detail. So a lamp has a few parts. It has the fire, it has a wick, and it has the fuel, the oil. So the wick is a thin thread. And that the idea of that is that it's a the, the idea of a thread like kavachot, uh, a, a line and a thread in Hasidic and Kabbalah refers to uh, a limited light in order to allow for creation of an other. And then, but the goal is not to keep it limited, but then to shine a uh, unlimited light into that space. Now. The, there's different words you could use for a this line of limited uh, light that comes down uh, from a from a shem. Uh, either kav, like for example, kav amida, a measuring stick. You could also call it psil, a thread, or kane amida, a also a measuring stick. Kane literally means a reed. And uh, it depends what level of symptom we're talking about, what level of limitation of uh, light descending down we're talking about, which word we use. Because a a reed is uh, found in the water. So that refers to Alma Discassia, the uh, downward flow of uh, Hashem's light in Alma Discassia in the the world of concealment, which is beyond our world. That that, that world of concealment is, is called the sea. So there we call it a reed. Whereas in our world, uh, which is on dry land, we call it a psila thread. And that's the same word as psila, a uh, wick, which is this limited uh, downward flow of Hashem's light. Then we have the fire, which is uh, Hashem's light from beyond and and unlimited, and that is terror as the light. And uh, that fire... And this is actually why uh, Yaakov received the brachas from Yitzchak, uh, specifically Yitzchak. Yitzchak is uh, the one of the three, obviously of the three forefathers who represented Gevura. 
And he was uh, this high uh, gvura, which is a uh, discipline, severity, limitation. But he, 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 his soul came from gvura at a very high spiritual level, and therefore he was very aware of, uh, and and that was really him uh, about limiting Hashem's light in order to create space for worlds. But what he blessed Yaakov is that he should. Uh, have the Torah, like the Medrash says, that he blessed him, the dew of heaven refers to Mikra, uh, Tanakh, Mishmane, Oretz, the fat of earth, the Medrash says, refers to Mishnah, and etc. All the blessings refer to different parts of Torah. And the idea is, Yitzhak is saying, yes, we're starting off from a place of limitation of Hashem's light, but the purpose is then, through Torah, you'll be able to bring Hashem's unlimited light into this into this space. Now, although the wick uh, is uh, what the fire is actually touching, but what keeps the fire going and makes it burn not more nicely is through uh, burning the oil. And the idea of burning the oil, like we, the first uh, introduction we gave, the first preface we gave was about how there's the different types of oil and uh, there's the oil of, of Torah and the oil of secular wisdom. But the oil here that we're burning is when we, transform our secular wisdom, Chachma of Klippa, which is just regular human intellect, and link that with Hashem, that it shouldn't, it, it, the, the problem of it normally is that it lose, that it's uh, very much uh, independent. But then when we link it with uh, terror and link it with uh, a full awareness and of that Hashem's only thing and bits or nullification for Hashem. So then it becomes fuel to light an even bigger uh, uh, fire uh, of, of uh, passion for Hashem. What makes, uh, what makes uh, this, I'm just adding in parenthetically, that what makes uh, secular wisdom uh, be called, you know, we said before that it's uh, false and terror is true. What do you mean false? It's, it's also trying to work out the truth. The issue is that when, if you look at a, look at something, you might be describing it accurately, but you're missing the whole point. So then it becomes false. If uh, you know, if you have uh, s- someone uh, doing a most a momentous, like involved in the most momentous event in history, and we talk instead of instead of talking about what happened, we talk about oh. He was wearing an interesting tie. It was uh, red with gold lines. You're missing the whole point. Or is it true? Okay, technically it's true. But it's false in the sense that you're not seeing the whole thing for what it is. Or if someone, uh, let's say someone looks at a phone, a caveman looks at a phone, and he describes it. But he doesn't understand what it is. Uh, so that's like uh, science without terror. It describes everything about the world, but he doesn't realize what it is in the sense that the uh, the why and the what is, in other words, what is it really? It's really Hashem's light, which is uh, uh, limited in different ways in order to create this and that for the purpose of bringing it back in and, and creating this sense of oneness, which will achieve through Mashiach. So when you're missing the whole context, even if what you're, you're describing might be accurate often, but it still is false because you're missing the point. Now, now next paragraph for Atanavi. So now... Let's talk about the uh, two nearest, the two lamps. So there's the nair of uh, the neshama, and then uh, within that uh, within that lamp, the lamp of the neshama. There's three parts. Parts, like we said, there's the light, the uh, wick, and the oil. Uh, 
And then you have the second ner, the second lamp, which is the ner mitzvah. And that also has the same three parts. Now, the lamp of the uh, of Nerabai Nishma Sodom of the Neshama is the Nevshalakis, the godly soul, because the Nevsh Bahamas animal soul wouldn't be called Nerabaya, it would be called Nerelikim. The name Havaya represents a high, a high uh, level of godliness and unlimited, whereas Elikim is within nature. And the Neshama really is already perfect and it's, it, it's ready, it's a suitable vessel to hold the fire. And uh, therefore, the the uh, neshama is called the wick, and the neshama of the page, uh, the neshama has the ability to bring that light uh, uh, and self nullification before Hashem. But then it uses uh, the uh, chachma of uh, human intellect as the fuel, as the light to ki- to keep fueling and, and and letting the fire of the of Hashem uh, uh, be, uh, burn passionately. And uh, because after, because although the wick is what's right on the fire, but what actually totally uh, gives itself over to the fire until it's destroyed is the oil. Uh, and that's what keeps the fire going for a long time, uh, which the wick doesn't do. And this is because the Nevesh Bahamis, which is the, the intellect of the Nevesh Bahamis, which is the oil, has uh, comes from a higher spiritual source than the Nevesh Lekis, because the godly soul is from Olam which is the world where, yes, there's clear godliness, but it's it, it it's limited. Everything's in its place. Uh, there's Atzillus, there's Bria, there's all the different worlds, and but all of them are uh, have a, their, their amount and their quality of godliness. Whereas Teo is unlimited, and like we, like we discussed earlier, this the, the world of chaos, unlimited godliness. The only problem with it is that each midah, each of the seven midahs, uh, did not allow for any of the other seven midahs. Now, two. Uh, ways to write the uh to draw the seven minutes one is you have each one in a line going down you have chesed then gvura then tiferes netzach heid said malchus in one straight line the other way is that there are three lines there's a chesed on the right gvura on the left tiferes in the middle etc netzach on the right on the left, you say it in the middle, Malchus in the middle, and then there are lines and connection points between all the different spheres, and they all feed into each other, and that's the difference between Tehu and Tikkun. In Tehu, in the world of Tehu, the world of chaos, so then each sphere is in one straight line and uh, is very much me, and that's it. This is the only way of uh, of uh, uh, how godliness uh, should should be manifest. Whereas when they're all in, when they're in three lines and they all interlink, that's the world of Tikkun, and that's why the world of Teo crashed. Unlike Tikkun, which lasts. Now, we we when we talk about Nishmas Adam, the soul of man, as being one of the lambs, we specifically use the word for Adam. A person, Adam. We don't say ish or whatever, some other term for a person. And uh, one of the hints in this is that Adam has the word dam inside it, and blood has this idea that it uh, that it passes through the whole body. So that uh, they in in uh, ancient uh, medicine they would uh, take blood from one part of the body. They take blood from the foot to help the head, and we still have uh, similar ideas how the blood spreads everywhere, and therefore it affects the whole. Even one part of the body affects another part of the body. 
And uh, that's how it is with the Nevsheli Kiyas, that, that it's, it comes from the world of Tikkunware, everything intermingles and interrelates. But when it refines the uh, the uh, intellect of uh, of uh, Klippa, of the Nevsheh so then it transforms it transforms it into into an even deeper light and unlimited light, uh, which uh, in other places in Hasidus and Kabbalah it talks about akudim nekudim brudim. These are three types of sheep that uh, when Yaakov was working for Lavan at different times, uh, the deal was that he would get either uh, akudim right sheep with the, the ring around it and akudim with dots etc. Brudim. So they but spiritually akudim represents a place. Of Erin uh, Saif, just pure oneness and unlimited godliness. Nukudim is the world of Tehu. Each one is its own dot. And then Brudim is where it's interlinked again in Tikkun. So, so this is the uh, first, uh, this is the lamp of the Nishama, uh, which uh, which uh, th- creates a deeper light through the, the, um, the Nefesh HaSichlis, through the intellect, uh, intellectual uh, soul. And the uh, oil, like we said, that the uh, oil is able to become part of the fire more than the wick because it's from tail, which is higher than tikkun. We similarly we have uh, two levels of uh, of, of passion uh, feeling that we can uh, we can uh, strive for towards Hashem. We have the Avin, year of the love and. Uh, uh, love and fear, reverence of Hashem, which is limited according to what we can, uh, our minds can take, because the uh, feelings come based on our um, intellect about what we have to reflect on ideas that will bring us to love and revere Hashem, and then that creates a feeling. So our mind and heart is limited, and therefore we can only take a certain amount. And uh, we the, that is the uh, uh, level of love of Bechol Nafshecha with all our soul. And uh, that is what the uh, the Neshama achieves in Ganeden, that it understands about Hashem and it has a corresponding feeling. The more it understands about Hashem, the deeper its love will be. Then we have another level of love, which is Bechol Maidecha. That means, Ma'id means unlimited, beyond what we can do. Meaning that the heart cannot contain this love and reverence, and it it just uh, surrounds us. And this is uh, uh, similar to the idea of tshuva, which which uh, tshuva uh, returning to Hashem, repenting, is something which is beyond. We've already messed up, but now we're connecting in an even deeper way, bouncing back. And therefore, it says that tshuva is bechayliyatid has more strength, meaning more strength than than we can contain uh, in our mind and heart. And that's the purpose of the neshama leaving Ganeden to come to this world, so it should rise beyond the love that it's able to contain and bechol uh, and come to a love which is beyond what it can contain, it can contain And that's why one uh, moment of tshuva and good deeds in this world is greater than the whole elam haba because elam haba is limited, whereas this world it's uh, it's bechol uh, it's uh, beyond limits. And that's why it's called Urchaiza, the light which bounces back. Like when you have a light that's reflected, it could be more powerful than the original light. So this, this is why we're talking about light, because light and fire is different to water. 
with the light and fire so you can keep on lighting more and more uh, candles and it doesn't take away anything from the original light and it has potential to go on forever. Whereas with water, even if you have an ocean, if enough people take a cup, eventually there'll be no water left. So the difference is that uh, fire and, and light is, is a fi- although it's a physical thing and it's limited, but it represents uh, being unlimited. And that's why Hashem is called a consuming fire, because Hashem doesn't change before the world and after the world. That's like a fire. It can give to something, but it doesn't change. Uh, whereas uh, with water, it is limited, like we explained. Next paragraph in ALP. So we said that fire represents uh, being unlimited, although fire itself is limited, but it can continue forever. And this is like the our love with all our might beyond our capacity, that even though even when we go beyond our capacity, it still is limited. It still has a certain limit because uh, a person cannot have uh, unlimited love and reverence. It's just not possible. What we mean is when we say unlimited, we mean that it's more than our capacity, that uh, our mind and heart is not able to contain this uh, love and reverence. And that's why it's called Bechomodecha. It's more than our mood. It's beyond our limits, but not beyond any limits. Uh, and But still, since for the person it's beyond his limits, so therefore it, it elicits from Hashem true league of all, uh, that Hashem should uh, uh, shine uh, his, his true unlimited uh, lights uh, in our world uh, because uh, the, the, we did our beyond our limits and then it's like Hashem's beyond, Hashem's league of all, Hashem's unlimitedness. Another, and that's like the this uh, passionate love that comes uh, with Shuvah from being afar, whereas the the, the Ava Kamayim, which is a love with delight in Hashem, but it's it's without that urgency and that yearning. So then that love is is only Bechol Navshacha, and it's 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 not as uh, it's not as powerful. And that's like the love that the Neshama has for Hashem before it uh, connects to the Nefshabam, this animal soul. That then it's more limited. And uh, that's why the natural kiss is only the wick. But the, the oil, which becomes actually part of the fire, that's only from the Nefshi Bahamis, from the animal soul. And uh, this is all with the lamp of the Neshama, but then we also have the lamp of the Mitzvah, because Neshama without Mitzvah is no good, and similarly Mitzvah without Neshama is no good. You need to have both together. So in the lamp of Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is the wick. Uh, because the things that you with which you do the mitzvah, they're physical items and they come from toil. Uh, but the mitzvah is this makif, this uh, beyond energy that around them that pulls them up. And like we said, it's uh, it's like a uh, slingshot that uh, shoot that uh, through uh, holding it down, it it ends up throwing it much higher than it could uh, reach otherwise. And similarly, with with an avera, with an avera, that it also uh, surrounds the person, but it does so in a negative way uh, and pulls the person down. So this uh, explains, like we also said in yesterday in the previous Mimer, why with davening we daven the same davening each day because every day we have to again. Uh, l- 
elevate the spark of the Nabatee Bahamas of the animal soul now part in the world again as it relates to that day. Whereas with Torah, it always has to be something, it's always something new. We always add in Torah. Uh, because uh, we, when we're elevating and refining, so then uh, then every day we have to work again, whereas if we'd be just working with the Nefshelikis, the godly soul, then it's eternal, then we don't have to do the same thing again. So the mitzvah is the wick, and through the wick, it, the oil is consumed. So meaning, what's the oil in this context? Again, it's the, uh, the physical items that we use uh, to do mitzvahs. Like the money we get used to give to stock or the parchment we use to make to fill in. So the uh, the source of the mitzvahs is in Malch in Malchus, whereas Torah is in the six spheres of Zah. Now uh, mitzvahs are called the mitzvahs of the king Malchus, uh, and uh, although Malchus is uh, the lowest of the spheres, but it reaches the highest. And theref- and and uh, therefore, uh, through the physical items and through involving uh, human intellect, so we reach the true Aryan safe, the true unlimited light of Hashem. And uh, in the Kabbalistic terminology, this is called uh, when Ma Ma is the uh, the, the light of uh, uh, the uh, light which refines Shem Ma, the name of Hashem. So when you spell Yud Kei Vav Kei Hashem's name. Yud Vav Dalet, Hey Aleph, uh, Vav Aleph Vav, Hey Aleph. That he, the gematria of that is forty-five, and that spelling represents a light which refines Ban, which is when you spell Hashem's name instead of Hey Aleph, Hey Hey, Vav, uh, and then Vav is spelled Vav Vav, and then again the second Hey is spelled Hey Hey. So that equals fifty-two, and that's the uh, godliness which is very much within this world and the physical. But when Ma refines Ban, it, refer- it reveals how the source of Ban is actually in Hashem's name spelt Sag, which is uh, when you spell Hashem's name with uh, 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 the Hayes instead of being spelt Hey Aleph or Hey Hey, they're spelt Hey Yud. And then the Vav is spelled Vav Al Vav. That equals the Gematria of 63. And that, what is that about? Uh, that Ban, the f- which represents Hashem in the physical, the source of that is from Oyel Mateo as it is in its pristine holy state. And Shem Sag represents uh, this Toyo energy as it is in its holy pristine state. So through Ma, which is the Nefshali Kiss, refining Ban, which is the Nefshali Bahamis, it reveals Shem Sag, that godliness, which is Toyo in its holy state and even beyond the Nefshali Kiss. Thank you.